We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Listen up, Roto-Grinders. It's the Ownership Report, rotogrinders.com for week number 10 in NFL DFS. My name is Chris Cimino, projected ownership analyst at Roto-Grinders, and joining me to go over the action for the upcoming slate of games, Dan Gasper, Mr. Tuttle 05. Tuttle, running backs are back. They're in, they're in fashion again this week. Are you ready to make Sophie's choice at the running back position across all your games on Daily Fantasy Sports? Yeah, it's uh, I think it's the first week this season, right, where we've actually like had – two value running backs extremely pop in projections and seem like the absolute slam dunk plays. Um, so I think that makes it a little bit more interesting this week in terms of tournament strategy. It's, I think it's almost more about lineup construction this week and it is a lot of weeks, but even more so this week, it's about lineup construction as opposed to just the players themselves, I think. Yeah. It looks like a couple of the daily fantasy sites, namely DraftKings and FanDuel are making it pretty interesting in the way that you're going to have to, choose to construct your lineups a little bit differently on each. Uh, neither one is particularly soft, uh, minus a couple of injury nuggets that we'll talk about here at the running back position that make things a little bit more intriguing. But other than that, everything looks priced up pretty nicely, especially at the quarterback position on DraftKings Tuttle, where we are going to start our conversation as we do each week. Uh, as we look at the most popular plays, I have got Dak Prescott, Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, and Tom Brady at the top of the charts here. 
I'm having a difficult time finding anyone below that that should be in that conversation. And quite frankly, the guys that are close right now, I'm not sure should even be as close as they are. So what are we talking about here? Are we under projecting Prescott, Herbert and Allen for tournaments? Or do we think that, you know, the general need for diversity will pull up, pull up some of these other names below and keep these guys under 15%? I think you're right. Um, initially, first glance, it's like Dak is way too cheap uh, for this spot, which is what's driving his ownership. And then we got the running back situation we talked about already where there's two cheap running backs, which is just going to drive all the ownership to these high priced guys like you have with, with Herbert, Allen and Brady. Um, Allen's the, the most interesting case to me this week, I think, just because it's like our people already jumping ship on them. This is the, the week again, it's very easy to fit him. The matchup's great, um, but I'll be interested to see where his ownership comes in. I uh, just see if people are off of this Buffalo offense or if they're also afraid to blow out. Well, certainly it, it does tend to happen where if a guy's off his game for a couple of weeks, it'll take away some of the luster, even, even in a matchup against the Jets, who, of course, will no longer have one of their best defenders on the backside. Marcus May took him out of the wide receiver TB chart this week. As I saw, he was on IR and that, you know, that just leaves fewer and fewer options to help protect over the top shots uh, against a defense that you'd probably rather throw against anyway. So I do think Josh Allen is a good option for daily fantasy this week i do think that he has a chance to bounce back in a big way i certainly don't think buffalo is going to take that loss very well and may look to step on the gas pedal just a little bit harder um the jets could be uh you know on the wrong side of that coming up here this week so i do think josh allen could play four tournaments won't be overly owned will be popular though okay so Her herbert is the guy that against minnesota we i think i say it you know every fostering the potential for big games uh, I, once again we've got a team that wants to play up tempo we got a, a quarterback who wants to throw for and, and accumulates pretty successfully big yardage running back that fits the system well uh, boy I have a tough time finding anything wrong with, with Herbert this week uh, I think I'm going to play him what do you think about what do, you, what do you think about this is the ownership right and are you going to be getting on at higher ownership I think the ownership's about right at the again it's the interesting thing between Allen and Herbert even Brady in there I I guess I'd have no strong read on who's going to pop out of that trio again I think Dak Prescott's going to lead the way um, he's got some pretty easy stacking combos and then it's the the kind of high-end or high-priced quarterbacks and I I yeah I have no read on who's going to pop next I will say I don't think any of them are going to steam so hard that you have to avoid them or anything like that in tournaments I think we'll see these all these guys settle around that 15 percent range uh so fairly high owned for a quarterback but again not not overly uh owned um but Herbert yeah good stacking candidates I believe Keenan Allen is uh he's still on the injury report but I, I think reports good. are that he's good to go yeah um so he, he should have a full allotment of weapons uh, the thing that's interesting for me is Mike Williams price tag is finally down again um where it seems like just obvious spot to start taking shots on him again. I know the targets have not been there, but he's down to, I think, 6,900 on FanDuel and 66 on DraftKings. Uh, so yeah, definitely, definitely interested in Josh Allen, or I mean, Justin Herbert uh, with Mike Williams. And then even Jared Cook is really cheap on DraftKings as well. Whoa. Okay. So, you, so may, maybe, maybe we'll get on board with Jared Cook this week. That's good. Um, I don't think he's really actually done anything this year yet. Uh, we know the, the price tag is getting down there to go right alongside that. So it could work out as a stacking partner. Not a lot of 
I mean, there are, we'll talk about tight end in a little bit, but the, the cheap options are going to be pretty concentrated. I don't, I don't think he'll fit that bill. Okay, so beyond the four guys, you know, Brady, we'll talk about it a lot more at the wide receiver position, I'm sure of it. Uh, when, we, when we talk about uh, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan, Ben Roethlisberger, I mean, I don't even think Roethlisberger deserves to be mentioned with those guys. It's really just Wentz and Ryan who are like kind of the mid-tier price quarterbacks, almost cheap enough to call cheap guys. But the matchups are certainly befitting of someone that we think could get some ownership here. So do you believe that the field will follow the projections and pump them up? Yeah, I mean, when people love Wentz. Uh, people love the matchup against Jaguars. People love Michael Pittman, easy stacking candidate. Uh, I think he'll pretty easily be the highest owned guy under 6K or in this race range if you want to include Matt Ryan in there. You mentioned it. You can't play Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, like, the guy, I think 18 DraftKings points is the highest he's posted all season. Uh, he just has no upside. He might be able to get you 20. Like, this is a theoretically good spot for him. Uh, but I would not be side like he'll probably come in lower owned. Um, I guess the only way that he might not is people see Chase Claypool's all right. So we got Deontay Johnson relatively cheap. James Washington's only 3,500. Uh, so I think that's the only thing that might drive his ownership up a tiny, tiny bit. But he, he, you can't play him. Um, and then Heineke is the other guy that stands out here. Uh, if you want to pick on the Bucks pass defense or you think that game's going to be high scoring, Heineke's the guy that I think projects fairly okay for his price from a point per dollar perspective so he might see some ownership in that sense but the problem with him on DraftKings is McLaurin's expensive like really expensive on DraftKings um so you like you can stack him with Ricky Seals Jones or something like that but McLaurin is cheap on uh FanDuel specifically so maybe he's more of a FanDuel play but I never say that quarterback on FanDuel either so um but yeah Heineke makes sense but I don't think he's going to see some crazy high ownership or anything like that. Right. Skinny stacks for whatever reason, unless you're going to be trying to take shots on Diami Brown or Adam Humphreys or some garbage down there at the Washington's right. second tier wide receiver position. You mentioned Ricky Seals Jones. We, he'll be on the menu at tight end. Okay. So if you like this information for Roto Grinders ownership report, please remember to like, and subscribe to the podcast. Go ahead and go to the uh, iTunes store and subscribe to the podcast feed where we've got lots of different NFL information, informative podcasts out there each and every week. It's something that will do us a favor, but I think honestly, you'll be doing yourself a favor, getting some great information pumped to your inbox on the regular. Okay. Let's get to the running back position. Let's talk about these injury situations uh, on DraftKings. I'm going to have projections that are really high for Dernis Johnson and Mark Ingram because all the Browns running backs are out. And all the Saints running backs have been slowly going down over the course of the season. Mark Ingram went from a four-way RBBC a couple weeks ago to now he's the only game in town, unless you think Dwayne Washington is something, which I do not. Uh, do you believe that Mark Ingram's ownership uh, will be just behind Ernest Johnson's where I have it in the stack rankings? Yeah, and it's honestly the only thing that's keeping Ernest Johnson probably from being like 50% owned on this slate. Um, is Ingram and I do think Darren Johnson's significantly better option overall just for, just for the record and he's going to project that way um, as well but yeah these are the the two highest on running backs uh, we were talking a little bit before the show that we might have some value open up in New England but even if that happens um, it's still going to be unpredictable like even if they have two running backs that's it the workload's probably still going to be split between Bolden and JJ Taylor and they are far inferior options to, to Johnson and Ingram. 
Yep, and I and I, I do see that just from a psychological standpoint, it'd be more difficult for people to to get this whole other brand new set of options after they've already got two they're very satisfied with in terms of comfortability for cheap running back plays. And then that's not 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 to mention opportunity costs, right? Because you've got just a boatload of amazing running back plays for week number 10 at the high end, starting with Najee Harris, uh, Notorious, and a bunch of other guys tagged up uh, Najee this week for a, a choice on the Road Rangers lineup HQ, which you can find on RG Premium. Uh, you've also got, uh, you know, Jonathan Taylor, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, Eckler, James Conner is, is, is suddenly unearthed. Uh, as a potential top play now that Chase Edmonds is out of the picture and he had an explosive game last week. Uh, you've got, you know, DeAndre Swift is, uh, he, he's no longer going to have to contend uh, with Williams this week. So it, it's, oh, and Cordell Patterson, who can forget former kick returner Cordell Daryl Patterson, just lighting it up each and every week. Uh, suddenly he's an option that we're considering uh, at the top end of daily fantasy. And he's just 6.6 on DraftKings. So, with all those things in mind, how on earth are you going to do anything with New England backs once we get that news? Yeah, you're not. <laughs> the, so, are you, so, so does that make you want to? No, they, that's what I'm trying to say. So, okay, so let's one, talk about those. But they're going to be one percent owned. Like I, I, I could see it. I'd rather. So here's the thing: I would rather take a a shot on the guy who's actually going to score a touch, his first career touchdown this week, Jacoby Myers. Yeah. Um, I could see them go a little bit more pass heavy. So I, yeah, I agree. Don't be tempted by those new England bats, but potentially be, be tempted by like a Jacoby Myers who might just act as like a Cole Beasley de facto running back or something like that. Okay. So give me out of all those guys. Okay. And let's let's, let's scratch Najee off the list. Okay. People, people have heard t- people talk about Najee all week long on podcasts. We know we get it. D- Detroit's bad. He's got all the work, et cetera, and so forth. They don't have a bunch of their wide receivers. Give me the next best guy. Once you plug in, you know, at least one of, uh, well, you probably plug in Johnson. You probably plug in Najee in, in, if, in like your cash game. Uh, but now let's say you're playing a tournament here. You need to fill in that third spot, right? If, if, if you're playing it a little bit tighter to the best at the running back position, give me the guy that you like the best from all the guys I mentioned for your, you know, single entry three max type tournaments, which you're trying to play something that's like a pseudo optimal. What if it's a guy I don't think you mentioned? Well, I want to hear all about your thoughts. Tuttle. That's what you're here <laughs> yeah. for. You might, you might have. I, I might have mis, misheard, but Dalvin Cook. Um, yeah, I didn't mention him, and that's actually because I didn't scroll down, quite frankly. Uh, yeah. Dalvin Cook is an excellent option. Yes, he's eight, uh, we haven't projected at about 8% uh, projected ownership. I think that's right, um, just because of all the guys you mentioned. Uh, yeah, I love Dalvin Cook this week. Uh Shame he's in the headlines for other things, and but it like it doesn't seem like it's going to affect his playing time. Uh, doesn't aff- seem like it's going to affect anything anytime soon. Is in, in terms of you know his touch count. Uh, we've talked about the matchup against the Chargers all season long. They invite teams to run on them. I expect that to be the case again. Uh, so we're probably looking at you know twenty to twenty five touches against a team that has been bad defensively against running backs this season. Uh, and so I, I like him a lot at his projected ownership. So I've got a, I've got two stats that I cook up each week. Uh, Justin fantasy points allowed to running backs. It looks like we're in the green here uh, f- for Los Angeles here. And then I also have this uh, opponent rush power rating where uh, Los Angeles is actually down at the stone bottom right now 
uh, yeah. from all some of the stats that I'm compiling there to calculate that metric. So uh, I'm not sure that they're definitely the best spot in the league for a running back, but they're certainly a good spot. And certainly recently, um, you're gonna have to come up with another one for the end of the show. That one, that one almost qualified as a low on pick because of how yeah, many I, I had him listed down this week. There's, okay. there's not a ton of low low owned guys available. Yeah, we're we might even skip running back uh, during that segment. But let's let's talk about you know some of these other guys. Is you know so we like Cook, but let's let's try to make catch the tails of dudes like I don't know Jonathan Taylor, uh, James Conner, uh, and I, and I'll give you Zeke as as option number three here. I know we could name five more guys, but out of those guys, how how do you piece this together for tournaments? Who's who's got the most vertical upside? And a, a guy that you're just a stone afraid to not have in your lineup. So the guy I'm afraid not to have and that I probably won't have a ton of shares of uh, Jonathan Taylor uh, in that matchup, just a, he's an excellent option. Uh, there's no, no doubt about it. He's shown the upside. Um, but I think it's like, maybe not this week, but other weeks we've seen game log surfers just drive his ownership up. People love playing Jonathan Taylor. Uh, I would not be surprised if he hit over the 20% mark this week. I'm guessing people might get a little bit shy of Zeke, even though the price is right, even though the matchup's right. Uh, I I could see some ownership fall down on him a little bit. But yeah, Taylor, of the guys you mentioned, is by far the guy that I'm most scared of not having enough exposure to. Yeah, against Jacksonville, especially. Uh, Zeke, though, pretty good matchup here for him uh, against Atlanta. So uh, no no fear there. And and also, you look at there's guys in this price range that that, that sort of pivot away pretty – pretty nicely uh swift might not get as much ownership but still somebody that can you know tear away selections at 6.8 patterson at 6.6 and uh, of course uh, scrolling down the list you know guys like aaron jones uh i guess qualify as uh he's not i mean i have him at 12 is is that a little bit high for him like there's there's definitely a lot of choices here i think he needs to come down yeah that's high on him um the biggest issue is like the price stands out. So typically we'd be like Aaron Jones, 6,900 slam it. Yeah. But no, he'll, he'll be lower on than that. Yeah. That makes, that makes plenty of sense to me. Okay. So I think the, this, the net that we can come out with here is that a lot of rosters are going to have one or maybe two cheap running backs as part of a construction. And you'll probably see a lot of three running back builds come out of the gate this week. Do you think that this presents an opportunity to get different roster construction wise, either by changing the salary makeup by ensuring that you have three expensive running backs in there, or is it just better to just go two running backs and, and, and try to do the four wide receiver thing when everyone else is going three running backs? I kind of like the idea I, of spending up at running back because I do like some of these options. I mentioned Alvin Cook already. Uh, we didn't really talk about Christian McCaffrey, who is not on the injury report. We're not sure what his workload is going to be at this point in time. Uh, if people are skeptical of that, then his ownership is going to be down. Um, so, yeah, like if we thought about last year, maybe two years ago, uh, of McCaffrey price at 8,400 and even uh, even Dalvin Cook price at 8K, like those guys would just be instantly locked into your lineups. Um so I do like the idea of, of paying up and then even throwing DeAndre Swift, who will have some ownership, um, but another guy that's going to get a lot of opportunity, a lot of receptions. Like I, I like paying up at running back. Um, and I do think it's interesting this week because yes, like Dearness Johnson, I love Dearness Johnson. I think he's easily the top value player on the slate, but we do have some decent value wide receivers too, that we'll talk about in a little bit, but 
yeah, I, I like paying up at, at running back to, to kind of get a little bit different construction. Yep. So that, that's, again, a lot of interesting game theory elements at play here with how many great plays there are running back. But I think, you know, the by and large, uh, we should not be avoiding the top end of those plays. It's very, very, very unlikely that you're not going to find two or three of those guys that are capable of delivering the goods in daily fantasy tournaments. Okay. Speaking of guys who can deliver the goods in daily fantasy tournaments, both for DFS and for props, someone like Devonte Adams uh, at 7.9 underpriced on DraftKings is someone that you may see on Thrive Fantasy. You're going to want to go to thrivefantasy.com and prop up today. Uh, they've got a, a game type in which you are going in and picking out a lineup of player props instead of daily fantasy players with salaries. They are, of course, you know, they are uh, assigned based on their likelihood to uh, go over or under, and you're going to take 10 of their of the 20 available uh, slots and go ahead and plug something in to your Thrive Fantasy lineup. Go ahead and sign up today and get a bonus uh, up to $250 on your deposit. Uh, Rotogrinders.com. You can use the promo code GRINDERS to get that. Uh, otherwise, ThriveFantasy.com. Go to the App Store or the iOS Store. Sign up and prop up today. Tuttle, Devontae Adams, 7.9. Uh, boy, I think that that's going to lead to some high ownership here. I struggle to actually think that Deont Deontay Johnson, who just popped just a little bit higher in my last run, I think that is probably an error. I think it's got to be Adams up top, right? Yeah, and we got official – well, I guess not official official. We, we got uh, semi-official confirmation that Rodgers is expected to play this morning. Uh, he has to be activated, I think, relatively soon, which will happen within the next couple hours. Uh, once that's officially official, then yeah, he's he's easily the the highest owned wide receiver on on DraftKings at seventy nine hundred. Um, that's the price where, like, if Jordan Love were to be quarterback, um, and again, just lineup construction this week, you're going to have salary to spend at wide receiver one, and Adams is easily wide receiver one this week with Rogers back. Was Rogers out last week? I can't remember if there was any news <laughs> on this particular situation, but he's but at bottom line, you're saying he's going to be back. So thank thankfully. We all get to see Aaron Rodgers play a game. Okay. So, and certainly for Devontae Adams' sake, because like we mentioned on the show last week, uh, without Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, you don't have that sort of once once in a general, I want to say a generation, ten, you know, uh, chemistry that you see between special wide receiver, special quarterback, and Adams and Rodgers certainly have that to the tune of 35% target share and like an un absurd percentage of their touchdowns. Yep. Deontay Johnson is another player that gets an absurd rate of targets from a quarterback even when they had chase claypool even when they had juju smith schuster and now we're looking at neither of those guys being available and then and then you're waltzing in like james washington out there to run wind sprints i mean it's going to be deontay johnson all day getting targets against this detroit defense uh is it, is it plausible that this guy doesn't get anywhere close to his 18 fantasy point you know my, my contention is that uh, you know the floors you know potentially elevated here in this spot for Johnson. And it's just, I, I don't see how he's going to absolutely ruin a lot of lineups. Is this a mistake? No, he might get 18 points just off of receptions alone on DraftKings. Um, they're going to pepper him with targets. I mean, this is another reason though, to like Najee Harris significantly, which is what we already, we've, we've already talked about. Um, yeah. Najee's going to get a lot of targets. Deontay Johnson's going to get a lot of targets. Fryer Muth might get even more targets than James Washington, uh, even with Ebron expected back. He's just a very safe knock on wood that no injuries happen. Very safe option this week. Like he gets double digit targets almost every other week anyway. So 
yeah, he's, he's, he's a great option. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so you're going to see a lot of him out there. Uh, it, it's going to probably bring down, you know, you Keenan Allen looks like a pretty good option uh, on paper, but you know, he's questionable. So I'm, I'm almost thinking that despite the great projection that that's a little bit hot on his ownership here, but, but, you know, but beyond those couple of guys up top, I think we're really waiting to see what happens with the Buccaneers as far as ownership is concerned, because right now, Chris Godwin, if you left him in there, his current projection, he'd be someone you'd want to play. Mike Evans right now is someone that you still want to play, but he wouldn't be, you know, getting any kind of a top billing in terms of ownership. But you take out Chris Godwin, all of a sudden you've got Mike Evans and you've got Tyler Johnson in the ownership conversation. How are you dealing with this? And do you believe me when I say that, uh, you know, someone like a Tyler Johnson will be high owned if there is no Chris Godwin? No, he will be. Yeah, Tyler Tyler Johnson will be high owned. Uh, Mike Evans will creep up right behind Deontay Johnson and Devontae Adams for ownership. Um, and I think it's all rightfully so. I th- this is the spot where Evans, I fade him and I, I play Tyler Johnson and Cameron Brate or something like that with, with my Tom Brady double stacks and it does not work out. So I'm just, I'm telling the future right now. Um, but yeah, like Evans would become an excellent play and see high ownership for sure. Yep. So that's how that's going to look uh, a little bit different than the way it's displayed on the screen. If we don't get those guys, of course, I think Amari Cooper is going to be your more popular pairing with Dak Prescott. So you'll see ownership on him. I think people, people want to say, Oh, Jerry Judy, you know, he's going to be a low owned option. Well, guess what? Jerry Judy was high owned last week and the matchup, you know, in, in particular, not particularly dis- dissuading against Philadelphia. I think he's going to be popular again this week as well. Uh, certainly. And I think that's because, you know, people don't want to play Cole Beasley and Jarvis Landry and some of these other guys that are near his price range. I think Judy is going to be the ultimately the guy people click on. What do you think of that take? Yeah, I think that's the right take. Um, some of these guys that you mentioned that people don't want to play, like they've just been plays every week they kind of get boring <laughs> overall even Jacoby Myers being one of those guys that has kind of like steadily produced okay results but no splash results and that's driving ownership elsewhere to guys that are a little bit more exciting to play in terms of like an upside standpoint or aspect you know I think just once you get past some of these uh, really really obvious plays near the top uh, talking about uh, Adams and Johnson I don't think that there is going to be more than, you know, I'll, I'll say half a dozen guys that are really going to be that far over 10%. Uh, I mentioned Alan Cooper, Judy, I think Michael Pittman, because of uh, people who are going to want to play Wentz, uh, could start to get elevated. Of course, his projection looks pretty good too. I mentioned Landry and Beasley because they're cheap and get a lot of target projection. Uh, CD Lamb uh, is going to be fairly popular with Dak Prescott lineups. And then the Buccaneers guys. But beyond that, I mean, who are we talking about here? I think everyone else is going to be pretty low, including A.J. Brown. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, and C.D. might even be lower than where we have him. Uh, D.K. Metcalf somebody I could see just because of the price tag stands out uh, at 6800 But that game's just going to be so disgusting from a pace standpoint um, that I don't love it. Uh, so one guy I saw really low that's a cheap, cheapy um, – that I think might rise in ownership is Michael Gallup. I don't think he'll top that 10% range, uh, but very easy stack candidate with Dak Prescott, who's going to be the highest owned quarterback on the slate. Uh, he's 4K. Again, one of the better 
low priced options. Uh, so I don't think he'll hit double digits, but I could see him getting maybe in that like five to 10% range. I think if you give him a nine fantasy point projection where we had him before I tinkered with it earlier today, <laughs> I think that that's, uh, that's something that could happen. Um, I wasn't real confident that nine was the right number. Just looking at the, the share that was projected in the, you know, and just him coming back off the injury. But if you did project him that way, I think I would agree with you. I think I, I, still a lot to be seen here on this slate. I'll have to take a look at that tonight and make sure that that number is accurate as far as where I've got Michael Gallup's projected ownership. Okay, so let's move on and talk about the tight end position. Uh, tight ends are something that's going to play a little bit different on DraftKings than on Fandle. On DraftKings, I think you're going to probably want to lean in the direction of a cheap option. And if you were playing in the DFS OGs league uh, against notorious beer makers fan head shopper, you probably want to play a more expensive tight end on FanDuel where that particular contest takes place. Now, if you want to play in the DFS OGs league, go ahead and go to the Road Grinders homepage, find the link and sign up and beat their asses. Okay, let's get to the tight ends on DraftKings where we've got the lineup HQ information pulled up Tuttle. I've got Freermuth and Arnold as the guys that are going to be fighting for the top billing because they are a little bit cheaper than someone like Pitts, who will be more popular on Fandle. Uh, do you think that anyone else belongs in the conversation with these two guys as the cheap option du jour on that site? I do not, but there are like tons, tons and tons and tons of cheap options that are playable. Um, I think this is projected right. I think people will see the uh, Friar Muth prime time two touchdown game on a chase set and they're not going to get punished for doing that i don't think this week even with ebron back um well, they can't all play. score touchdowns total right like you can't right like, can, can they all score is it going to be naji deontay johnson and free like who's the who's, who's getting thrown off the boat here there's like i, I just think the target tree is going to be so narrow that a 3900 tight end is going to be tough to pass up um that that's kind of my take like even if he doesn't score a touchdown i could see like six seven targets the matchup's so good as well i think the biggest uh threat to that to, to him hitting is if Najee just goes like they just go run the ball because they can and it's 30 carry Najee week which is, is certainly possible uh, and and again i think that's maybe your risk here to a guy like freemuth in tournaments if he's going to be pretty popular uh, certainly Dan Arnold is going to get his looks because, you know, I guess it doesn't matter. Even if they're winning th- by three <laughs> against the best, one of the best teams in the AFC, and you still saw Dan Arnold uh, show up relatively well last week, 10 fantasy points, uh, 14 the week before. We haven't really seen him even hit anything close to what like a quote unquote ceiling would be for a Jaguars tight end. So at 3,500, I understand completely why he's getting lots of, the looks on the popularity side of things. We talked about Jared Cook and we, I don't know if we mentioned Ricky Seals Jones earlier, but certainly he's also cheap. Those are the four guys that I think constitute the best four cheap plays on the slate. Do you see anybody else that should be in that conversation? No, I think those are the best. Um, but I did mention briefly um, earlier, like the Tampa Bay tight ends, Braves running more routes than Howard. I think those guys are worth taking shots on, especially if Godwin's out, like the targets have to go somewhere. Right. Um, so the, those guys I think will be low owned relative to the other options we already mentioned. So I do like taking shots on those Tampa Bay tight ends. 
Yep. That, that makes, that makes some sense. It's not, not ever uh, something you get excited about, you know, no. I mean, at this point in time, you know, OJ Howard, like can, he was supposed to be something one, one, one time title and he hasn't really turned into Jack squat. Okay. So Kyle Pitts, I mentioned, going to get contrarian in tournaments pay up here, or are we just really in need of saving that money for some of these great plays elsewhere? I'm mostly saving, but I like, I do think this is the position you, you do want to take uh, kind of get, get weird or get different at. Um, we talked about Arnold and Furrymuth being the top two owned guys by a fairly wide margin. And like, what's, what, what even is a ceiling game for him? We, we probably saw it last week with Fryermuth, uh, who then finished with 21 DK points. Obviously that is very good for his price at the, at the position, but in general, the ceiling is, is capped here um, at the position. So I, I do think it's a really good spot to take shots at um, even TJ Hawkinson, like he's not, he's not a fun guy to click on in this matchup against Pittsburgh, but Hawkinson definitely has one of the higher upsides in the spot. Uh, Dallas Goddard is another guy that could just get a, a ton of targets. Uh, so I do think it, it makes sense. This is another spot to, to try to differentiate your lineup a little bit. Yep. No one's playing Hawkinson and you know, everyone wants to play all these Steelers and no one wants to stack the Steelers. No one wants to run it back with anybody on the Steelers. I think Hawkinson uh, certainly not going to be as popular as DeAndre Swift in that regard. So I don't think you're going to see very much of anybody on him. Okay, let's get to defense. Very difficult spot this week uh, because the pricing on DraftKings is a little bit meticulous as usual as far as getting the best plays up into the high price ranges. You know, Stratosphere on I think 4K is at the top this week. Uh, on at the bottom end, there's not really that many exciting options. I have the Cardinals, Titans, uh, you know, Eagles, Browns, Buccaneers sort of checking in here at the top, but I don't, everything is like sort of bashed together. So you can start tinkering things one way or another and get things a little bit differently. The Bills, I should have mentioned also in there, they're the 4K defense though. So that's why they're not showing up the tippy top despite their great matchup against the Jets. Boy, how you handle a defense on DraftKings in tournaments this week? I, I, it almost looks like it's going to be one of those you know, people are going to play how it fits and they're usually going to gravitate to cheap defenses for that reason. Yeah, definitely play how it fits. Um, I do think this is uh, like, this is the first week where I go and sort by the point per dollar column and it's just not all defenses under three K, which is interesting. Um, it is a lot like, I mean, you just alluded to it or mentioned it. Pricing is a lot different this week and on DraftKings at least. Um, and there's just not like, we've had layups at defense a few weeks where it's just been like this 2.2 K defense should not be priced that way. And that's led to extreme chalk. It's going to be spread out for sure this week. Um, and I am a little bit more okay going over that three K mark than I am on most weeks. If I'm going under, it's probably Titans. Um, but that's more of like a, probably more of a cash game option because I do think they'll be fairly popular. I don't, I don't think there's a lot of strategy elements at play here as far as how we're playing defense I don't think any, I don't think the ownership's going to get concise enough on any play to say that there's just a, like a lot of leverage to, to focus your strategy around it. And I certainly don't think that anything's going to be too congested in one pricing tier to where it's going, you know, say, okay, we'll pay up for defense. Well, no, that not necessarily because the Cardinals and the Bills will get a little bit of ownership at the very least. And then at the very bottom, you know, you're talking about playing the Jets and no, well, not for me. I don't know. Maybe you like the Jets. They're 2K, but I, I just, I just, I don't know. Is, is that going to work out for us? 
no, I'm not, I'm not interested. Um, like I said, this week is just, I can't, I'm trying to sort now by pricing to even see if there's anybody there wasn't last time I checked anybody below that the, the Titans that I felt comfortable with. That's not to say you can't play any of those defenses because whatever it's defense, things happen. It might just be a pricing thing that makes it work. Um, but yeah, there's Titans are about as low as I want to go in, in cash for sure. Uh, in tournaments, if there's something that fits, I guess do it, but it's not exciting at all. All right, so every week we go through position by position and take a look at the top projected ownership plays. And now we're going to go ahead and circle back to each position again and start talking about some guys who were at the lower end of the ownership spectrum who could potentially be useful in daily fantasy tournaments like the Millionaire Maker or some of these deeper fields where they're you know, necessarily getting somebody off the board can really help you uh, get a great you know, slingshot off the board quite a bit uh, where it might not be necessary to take some of those risks in, in every tournament that you play. So getting into the quarterback position, we, we noted that you know once you get past the first couple of guys pretty much everyone's in play as a low owned pick so starting at like the five percent level and below do you have anybody that you think could have a big game here in this spot the guys that i really don't want to tout um but i think you kind of have to at this projected ownership is the seattle green bay game um yeah we've seen green bay like they don't want to play fast they, they don't want to at all uh, Seattle wants to play conservatively, uh, offensively, and that's like those two things are not a good mix for a lot of points being scored. Um, in the past, we've seen both quarterbacks play efficient enough where pace of play and conservative play calling has not mattered, uh, but it certainly caps your ceiling on a weekly basis. Um, but at this projected ownership, it's like you kind of have to take shots on these guys. Um, like if things... I don't know what would have to happen for there to actually be adequate play calling in this spot. Um, maybe like a couple DK Metcalf long touchdowns that then puts green Bay in a, in a weird position, like maybe something like that. Um, but Rogers at what we have him, I think it was around 2%, both these guys around two to 3% range. It's tough to overlook that. Yeah. So the, both of these guys have like comeback narratives, right? Like you've got, you know, maybe Russ, it's less likely that Russ has the freedom to just go out there and do whatever he wants. Uh, they'll probably have, you know, some sort of a Pete Carroll boring ass game plan ready to go. So that leaves Rogers out there with just like, he's just such a douche that he'll just like, you know, he'll, he'll call audibles to throw it all day long or something. I don't know. Maybe I'm making that up in my head, but I do see if you want to get into actual analysis here, I do think that both of these quarterbacks are of an actual ilk that they could, they could potentially you know, put this into the over category of, of uh, scoring. And that would definitely lead to some congested usage amongst two teams that have fairly congested target share at their wide receiver positions. Perfect for game stacking. Okay. So I just want to mention a couple of other guys. Kyler's question. Well, no one's playing him. Not, not a great spot, but I think I feel obliged to mention that because Kyler Murray is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. And also I will mention this, uh, you know, probably every, every other week as well, but, you know, Kirk Cousins, uh, number two in SIS, you know, world's top quarterback rankings at this point in time, playing very well at the moment. Uh, if this game somehow turns into a higher scoring affair uh, and he somehow finds a way to get those wide receivers back up to where we've seen them go ceiling-wise, that could be a great double stack. So there's a couple of guys at the quarterback position. Who do you like at running back? Um, so running back, we, we already talked about it. It's kind of 
kind of hard um, to find any guys that are playable under the 5% range. Um, Dalvin Cook is a little bit over that. McCaffrey will probably come in a little bit over that if I had to had to guess. Um, those are my two favorite lower-owned high-end options. And then the other guys are kind of just like pure conspiracy. Um, Antonio Gibson off a of bye, maybe. Like maybe, maybe his shin's a little bit better. I know it's something that's not supposed to heal this season or through the course of the season, but maybe, maybe he has a bigger, bigger workload. It's not a good matchup. Um, but Antonio Gibson was the one that stood out at the price. And then the other one, again, it kind of takes a, it takes a leap of faith it would be like Jeremy McNichols. Um, hope that they have to play from behind. He's shown spiked weeks in terms of a receiving back in the past. I do think we'll see them pass a lot more as an offense in general, which we kind of saw, but then we didn't have to see because they jumped into such a big lead against the Rams. So we did see it initially. They, they did drop back to throw the ball more to the Titans. Um, so McNichols would be like the, the other guy that's probably not going to really be playing, but I would not be surprised if he had like a 20 point performance. All right. I'm going to give you uncle Len real quick. Uh, not too much analysis here. Leverage off of the Bucks passing game spot where that could, they could certainly, uh, you know, stomp the Redskins here. And even if they don't be involved in, as a, as a receiving back, as well as get the goal line touches. So uncle Len, if I'm going to go off the board for some, for some of these awesome plays at the top, he might be somebody that fits that bill. Okay. Let's get into the wide receiver position. Yeah. Wide receiver. Um, I got a few ugly ones here too. Um, Mike Williams, I've already talked about a little bit. I like him quite a bit uh, with his price tag coming down. He's already shown the spike weeks capable of um, winning GPPs. I like him. Uh, Manny Sanders, I think, is going to be the lowest owned Buffalo receiver. And I like Josh Allen quite a bit. Uh, so Manny Sanders, I think, is an okay option. And so at the beginning of the week, I, I had given you my reasoning for the Tennessee team having to throw more in general, a uh, higher pass rate. And I think that's going to happen. I was kind of eyeing up Julio Jones, but thankfully he was added to the injury report, uh, downgraded with a, with a hammy. Uh, I think he's officially questionable. Um, but now that he was downgraded late in the week that I'm not going to be touching him. So at this point, I think I would rather just hope he doesn't play. And then it's like, what do the Titans do at wide receiver two? Um, so AJ Brown would be an excellent option because he's going to get funneled targets in that situation. Uh, otherwise, like take random shots at Marcus Johnson. I thought you were going to say that. I was like, oh my God, he's going to say it. It's bad. It's bad. But like, hey, um, the like I said, the pass rate's going to go up. I, again, the better play is they just cut to take, Josh Reynolds. They, they just yeah, cut they, his they ass. cut Josh Reynolds. It's it's Marcus Johnson and Nick Westbrook there now. Um, so by far the more prudent play, the higher ceiling play is to just play AJ Brown in that spot. If Julio doesn't play, like he's going to get a ton of targets. That's by far the best option. Um, but Marcus Johnson is going to be like under 1% owned. Um, and they have to throw the ball somewhere. So like, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, 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 I get it. Okay. We're going to have to cut the short show a little bit short here, Tuttle, but I'll just mention Justin Jefferson uh, once again, not going to be terribly owned. Uh, same thing with Thielen. So those are guys that, again, going to be potential leverage off higher own plays at the position. And then you mentioned the Seattle guys. Maybe Metcalf gets up there, but no one's playing Tyler Lockett, and he's got 30-point game upside always. Okay, let's talk – give me give me your best tight end, then we'll get out of here. 
Um, I'm just going to keep rolling with the Tampa Bay guys. Uh, so Howard would be the, the higher upside option. Yep. Uh, he's the higher upside option. Bra- Brait is certainly the guy that I think more trusted by Tom Brady and Bruce Arians uh, at this moment in time. And they're both pretty cheap. So I'm not going to fault anyone for getting in there. Uh, how about Dawson Knox? Uh, well, he's, he's a little expensive, so I'm not going to, let's, let's try to find, you know, if we're going to pay up uh, at the expensive side, you no, know, Noah Fant at 4.3, I might give him the edge higher projected uh, and uh, match up against Philadelphia and to be a little bit more wide open to the middle of the field and Fant coming back uh, could be a spot at 4.3, a very low ownership. If you're trying to get different from the cheapies folks, that is going to do it for the ownership report on this fine week 10. I wish you the best of luck in all of your contests for Dan Gasper, Mr. Total of Five. I'm Chris Tremino. We'll be back again week 11 in the ownership report. Go win something. Mm-hmm.